Hi, welcome to Almost Cooperstown. I'm Mark, and this is Gordon, and we love talking about baseball. Well, hi. We're uh, we're back with another episode, and um, we were thinking, how would you compare the careers of two players who played 50 years apart? Um, you'd have to look at their statistics, but can you really, from an era perspective, uh, compare their impact on the game and say one was better than the other? And with um, Adam Korngold's help, who helped us with our, our Negro Leagues uh, uh, so, uh, look at how they stacked up against major leaguers, we're going to take a look at uh, Cool Papa Bell, uh, who played from the 1920s to the 1940s, and Ricky Henderson, who played from the late 70s into the 2000s. So, Adam, welcome back to the podcast. We're happy to have you. Thanks. It's great to be back. Um, so we kind of got into that subject with Cool Papa and and, and Ricky in our, in our first uh, podcast when you, when you came on. And so you beautifully went back and you made another tableau, which we will share with, uh, with the listening audience. Uh, and what did you find when you took a look at this and uh, help us sort of see what it is, even though we can't look at the graphic at this particular moment? Sure. Well, well. so the motivation for doing this was uh, we, we talked about how now that Major League Baseball's incorporated all of the Negro League statistics that we can make these kinds of comparisons. And we learned in that first data viz that the, the Negro Leagues and the white major leagues really played at a very similar level, if not an identical level. And if anything, the, the pitchers in the Negro Leagues uh, had more strikeouts, but their ERA was lower. So there were some kind of stylistic differences, um, you know, that had to do with kind of what was emphasized with the pitching. Um, hitting was, was really equal. And so... Starting with that premise, your your first question was, well, can we compare players in different major leagues uh, in different eras? And, you know, certainly we can debate the finer points of that because training regimens are different. um, Physical attributes of players are different. The expectations are different. So be that as it may, um, I, I like to fall on when I used to do a lot of, uh, you know, reading and, and writing and read a lot of novels. And uh, back in high school, we read E.M. Forster. And uh, he had a book called Aspects of the Novel where, you know, his thing was you can compare different authors. And you can treat them almost as if they're all sitting around a round dinner table. So you can take authors from, you know, different eras and, and different genres, and you can imagine them sitting around a table talking. And so, the approach here is really similar. It's it's the idea that you can take two players that were um, at least apocryphally very similar, both base dealers, both kind of larger than life personalities with a lot of mythology around them, and and act as if they were playing on the same field, literally. And you know, ask well, what are some common statistics that we might be able to look at and and evaluate. And based on that, can we say whether they were, you know, how similar were they to each other? How different were they from each other? And, and you know, how similar were they? So that was my approach in, in doing this. Should we get more deeply into it? Oh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to, because I think it, it's the only way we can kind of go back and talk about these players, because all we have is the numbers, any kind of 
pontificating we're doing about how the game is changed in the eras between when cool papa bell played and ricky henderson played that's all subjective and up to to, to, to personal opinion because mm-hmm. if you're going to say oh well guys used to run less back in back in cool papa bell's days compared to when ricky henderson did it well the numbers will bear that out when we look at them rather than us kind of just going off of a feel thing especially when you're talking about a guy like ricky henderson who basically wrote the book on on base stealing so it's going to be a little bit hard to just compare eras in that respect because you're Mm -hmm. comparing an outlier in literally every era when you look at him yeah and that's one of the things that that we see actually when when we delve into the data so if we just start with straight steals. And so when you when you go onto the onto the actual Tableau dashboard, you'll see two two dashboards um, in in what's called a storybook. And so in that first dashboard, there's a graphic at the bottom with head-to-head stolen bases by their career year. So Cool Papa Bell played for 21 seasons. Ricky Henderson, believe it or not, played for 25 seasons, which is Oh, but but Adam, Adam, keep in mind that we and we noticed this about Cool Papa Bell. One of the reasons why he didn't play 25 seasons was he did not play any recorded seasons from 1938 through 1941. So four That's years right. he did not stat. So he would have played 25 seasons had he just played those seasons. And then he came back and oddly enough was really good in the last five years. He led yeah. the league in steals at age 42. So he's yeah. a pretty extraordinary player. And that's incredible, actually. And when when you look at their their head to head stolen bases year to year, uh, of course, Ricky Henderson had more. Uh, he played more official games. Bear in mind, these are all quote unquote official statistics, so we're not accounting for barnstorming. We're not accounting for ex, uh, exhibitions, which the Negro Leagues played a lot of, and in probably in a perfect world or in a better world would have been counted. Uh, But the profile of their careers are actually really similar, that they both peaked kind of early. But to your point, especially about Cool Papa Bell, they were stealing bases until their their last year, literally. So Ricky Henderson, uh, we probably don't even know how old he was in his 25th year, definitely in in his late 40s, had three stolen bases. Right. 2003 or 2004, he had eight the year before. So he wasn't leading the league in stolen bases, but he he certainly got more than you or I would have had. And in the 20th year, he had uh, 66. Is this right? He had 66 stolen bases. Mm-hmm. Yes, no, that is that. That's the wild yeah. thing. He was age 39 and 98, and he right. had 66 steals. Can like, you imagine that? Yeah. A, a near 40 year old man had more steals than Pete Alonso will ever have as an entire career. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's, I think that longevity is, is one expression of how, how similar the two of them were and, and the profile of their careers was, was relatively similar. So then if we do more of a head to head comparison, so I looked at, career stolen bases, comparing them to, uh, I think, the top 200 or so stolen base leaders during the years that they played. So 1922 through 1946, not including those three years that that you guys mentioned uh, for Cool Papa Bell, and then for Ricky Henderson, 1979 through 2003. And what's so interesting about this is I looked at on-base percentage, and just to back up a second, my thinking here was, what do you really want to measure for a base stealer? 
for, for, for a leadoff hitter and a base stealer. So what matters is that they get on base and that they steal bases because that's what you want them to do. You want them to get into scoring position. And that's basically what base stealing is, right? So on-base percentage is a percentage measure of how likely a hitter is to get on base. Well, Cool Papa Bell had a career on-base percentage of 0.395. Ricky had a career OBP of 0.401. And so when, when I plotted that out among all the other, I, again, it's top 200 or so or 250 base stealers during that period, uh, they're easily, they're not top necessarily. They, they don't have the highest OBP but they're definitely in the top quartile, definitely in the top 50%. So they're, they're doing pretty well there. But when I normalize the number of steals, so what this means is I'm looking at, and forgive me if I'm getting too heavily into the stats here. But, you haven't lost me yet. Okay. So I'm normalizing for the fact that there were generally more steals in the major leagues you know, 1979 to 2003 than there were in the Negro Leagues. Do we understand that, yeah. Yeah, and the numbers bear that out because we're looking at a guy like Cool Papa Bell and you're, you're like, you're telling me he really led the league with 19 steals in 97 yeah. games one season? That that doesn't make sense. Yeah, exactly. And so we're looking at their career years, but but if if I normalize the number of steals, which basically means that I take the average for everyone. And then I take the standard deviation and I count the number of standard deviations above the mean, mm-hmm. which, which every player is. So cool. Papa was a normalized stolen base of 8.3 and Ricky was normalized at about uh, 8.1. Wow. So that means that they were eight standard deviations above the mean number of stolen bases, which means they were light years ahead of everybody else. Even though the gross numbers for Cool Papa, won't, you know, he doesn't have a 130 steal season. That's not going to happen in, in the way that uh, it, right. it does. But but compared to the other people, which to me tells me that people were not stealing bases very much in, in those leagues that Cool Papa Bell played at all exactly. because, you know, his numbers, you know, had to be – it's like Gretzky's going 92 goals, you know, versus mm-hmm. – they're so far above you guys like Henderson and cool Papa Bell were so far above their peers and their ability to steal bases that it's like, you're almost like I'm doing a disservice to them. Right. But like, by like, like you almost need to bring in another top base stealer from that era to be just like, no, understand how much better these two guys were than everybody else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that's what we're really starting to see here. And, And then when we look at single seasons, so here we're, we're doing the same thing. We're looking by single season for Cool Papa and everyone else, and then for Ricky Henderson and everyone else. But instead of normalizing the number of stolen bases, um, we're, just, we're just plotting them. So the, the most steals that Cool Papa ever had was 49. And uh, let's see, I, I have to see what year that is. I'm not sure what year that was. Uh, Ricky had 130. So, you know, you can see you, you, you can see the difference in terms of the leagues there. Um, but when you look at their averages compared to uh, the rest of the league, so 
every one of Cool Papa's, uh, no, not every one, about all but six of his years, he was above average for stolen bases. And for Ricky, uh, for all but four of his seasons, he was above average, at least above average. He wasn't necessarily the leader. Or no, he was the leader, actually. Um, but he was above average for that whole 25-year period. Which so, is why he played for 25 seasons. For him to be above average in all but four of them is like, when you yeah. actually think about that, it's wild. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and when I say above average, I mean above average for across all of those 20 years for the, for the highest number of bases stolen for everyone, which is extraordinary. Yes, that that, that yeah. well, you look. Yeah, that, the, the greatest base dealer in history. You you would expect that that yeah. to be yeah. something that might happen. Yeah. So these guys were good. Is is what I mean to say by that? And you know, uh, it, because you you look at things. You know, we like to use uh, wins above replacement, uh, and because mm-hmm. this, as we said, the statistics aren't there because they're not counted. And we know that Cool Papa Bell, who seemed to play ninety seven games in, in in a lot of those Negro National League seasons in the twenties, so that must have been the amount of games because he played it three different times. So I'm not mm-hmm. sure why ninety seven was a number of games that they might have played. It seems kind of random when you think about it. But you know, his his statistics, you know, bear out um, in terms of scoring ninety runs in ninety seven games all of a sudden you start looking at that and he's scoring 150 runs in 162 games if you begin to extrapolate even individual seasons you can start to see the greatness that maybe doesn't come out when you see that the guy had a war of 35.3 for his career and 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 so you kind of dismiss a little bit that kind of stuff because ricky henderson's career war was 111 like oh wow well you know that makes him three times better no right yeah yeah and it it when you when you think about what it means to manufacture runs, it it really starts to make a lot of sense because if you have someone who who gets on base a lot, and and then once they've once they've gotten on base, they're stealing. So so that means that they're going to get in scoring position. They're at least going to get to second base, and they might get to third. And you don't really we don't really have a way of tracking that I know of how often they go say from first to third, but if you're fast, you can do that. And, and that's a way of manufacturing runs. So it makes, it, it makes intuitive sense that someone like that would have a high war. We, um, I did a comparison of the two of them uh, through Stathead. Um, and one of the most interesting stats that came out between the two that sort of let me see something that I hadn't seen otherwise was base running. And it, there's, a, there's a category that is run scoring percentage, and that is the percentage of times a base runner eventually scores a run. So cool pop above for his career, the number is 54%. Ricky Henderson for his career is 39%. So, A, that's a giant difference in percent. There's enough of a sample size that that becomes significant. Um, and then I started going, 54% of the time? Is that true? So he, he got on base and he scored 54% of the time he got on base? That seems ridiculous. Yeah. 
I think the other really interesting thing is we're looking back at the cool bop of Bell statistics and we've looked at everything and there is a noticeable hole in the gather statistics because as much as I would want to believe that what I'm about to say is true, I know in my heart of hearts it is not possible that not once in cool Papa Bell's career was he caught stealing. We don't have his caught stealing numbers. So as far as we know, he is a hundred percent success rate on his career. I think 285 steals. Yeah. So it's just wild to think about. I know he had to be really good, but that was the thing about Ricky Henderson. He stole 130 bases in 82, but he got caught stealing 42 times. That's a, a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. can add to that that he never struck out either. Gordon. Yeah, he yeah. never struck out. I, I think the other thing, <laughs> wow. I, it was, when I was looking back at his statistics, the only thing I could think is, it's like the other thing I'm thinking is we only have them playing for 97 games. And we don't have all the exhibition matches they were playing. So all I can think is what parts of his early career when he was at his peak, did we miss just because we didn't have the ability to go around collecting some of these statistics that would have shown what he was actually doing? Because it seems weird to me that he just, he after in 32 and 33, he really barely played. Maybe he was hurt, but it feels like there's all these missing statistics from his career and I could only imagine what it would look like if we could get an even more accurate picture and and what you've done here is really kind of help us bring to that by normalizing all of the data Mm -hmm. no thank you and it's it's something that I'd really that I'd like to try to do more of because you know we we do have these questions of of people who are really kind of steeped in history right and we don't pretty much what's widely known about them is the quotability and the stories and and the legends. And so this helps put some bones around that. So, you know, you've heard about cool Papa Bell. You've heard that he was so fast that he could turn off the light and be in bed before the room got dark. And uh, it turns out that that's actually true. As, <laughs> as Satchel Page said, that there was a short in the room that caused a delay of about three seconds between turning off the light and hopping in bed. So he could actually do that. But because of the the role that the Negro Leagues have had in baseball for too long, often all that we're left with is is those legends. And a lot of them are true. Um, They make for wonderful storytelling. But now we have the power to be able to look at to look at them in terms of their statistics and ask, you know, how comparable were they? And. We talk in in data visualization of analytics so much about apples to apples comparisons. Well, now, you know, we have apples in one barrel and we have apples in another barrel and and we're able to make comparisons like this, which is really exciting. And look, it it all comes down to what what we said in the first podcast, right? They wouldn't let these guys play in Major League Baseball, right? So how do we do this? Well, first, we do what we did. You know, we looked at the Negro Leagues. They're just as good as the Major Leagues, right? We kind of determined that. Okay, so now if you want to say, is Cool Papa Bell as good as Ricky Henderson? Well, in their individual ears, based upon what we see, there's a strong argument to be made, you know, that, yes, those guys actually dominated their leagues in much the same way. Um, you want to talk about it, one being longer than the other. And it's just a shame that Cool Papa didn't get the statistical recognition that he would have gotten had he had played in, in the majors. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think um, we should 
come up with some other comparisons and maybe some of the folks that listen to our podcast can think about how we can take two players. I, I think you could do this with power hitters from other eras and just compare your, you know, you can go Babe Ruth and Barry Bonds and see if that, if that works and compare to the eras and, and, and come up with a different viewpoint. Yeah. We know how many they had and that was, but compared to everybody else, you know, Ruth was so far above and I think he's going to come out looking better in some ways than Barry Bonds did simply because of the the amount at which he was higher than everybody else that played at the time. Barry Bonds, you know, broke the records, but it wasn't like he was hitting you know, more homers than some teams. Right. right. Yeah, that's a big difference. It's like, it's the mm-hmm. same way when you look at Henderson and Cool Papa Bell, they were stealing bases like nobody else did. So it's like, it's just such a crazy thing to think about it. And the, But what's interesting is, it doesn't really feel like that's changed. If you had a guy show up and start stealing bases at the rate Ricky Henderson was doing it right now, he would still be a standout to this day compared to all his peers. Whereas with home runs, I don't think you would get as much difference from at least from like Barry Bonds's era or even the big home run hitters of like Hank Aaron to today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and and I, and I don't. I think from a numbers perspective because. Techniques got better. And, and when I was a kid, Maury Wills was near the end of his career, but he had the uh, season record for steals in a season that was broke by Lou Brock. Uh, and then Ricky Henderson shattered that with 130. And another guy, Vince Coleman, stole, I think, 110 for the Cardinals one year. And that's, I think, the all-time National League record. And But it was kind of like a bubble, right? These guys kind of rose up and for a while. You had guys stealing lots of bases. Uh, and then nobody came close to selling a hundred bases in a season. You know, if a guy got 70 steals, that was a big, you know, deal. And and today it's not the way. So it was sort of this sort of rise of time. And Gordon, I think you're right. I think if somebody went out there and really, you know, outperformed and could just steal more bases, uh, I, I guess the techniques to, to catch these guys have gotten better. Catchers got better. We talked about pop times now and things of nature that never, nobody's talking about pop times when, you know, Lou Brock was playing baseball. That's for sure. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it, it would be interesting to see. But, uh, yeah, let's um, let's have you back, Adam, and we'll, we'll come up with another uh, interesting subject. Um, that and, great. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and thanks again. I'd love that. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. And you can follow us on Twitter at AlmostCoopin'.